In Between Fantasy Football Podcast, Season 4. Let's go, baby. Yeah. There was a time I had trouble talking about it. Congratulate them, we know they doubted. Somehow we made it up out of the pit, back against the wall. Never quit, traversing through each obstacle. Show a non believer what's possible. Let nothing they could do stand in between me and my wildest dreams. Let's go. And that come at us to come in between. Life gave me the worst, yet my side grew so green. We've been down in the dirt, been tossed in the trash, but I never strayed from my path. When we're gone, we ain't looking back. Maybe we were all way too hot. Maybe that's our fault. It's going to be a crazy time, but it's going to be a fun time. Life is boring if you don't take some chances and do some things outside the box. Your destination for both some feel-good lifestyle advice and some fantasy football advice. All right, all right, all right. It is Tuesday, January 17th, 2023. The In Between Fantasy Football Podcast back with you saying cheers to the NFL playoffs. Seth Wilcock running point for this podcast. And I'm joined by a man who hates not only college football, but Canadian football, XFL football, UFL football, and European football, the one and only Nate Polvo. We are also joined by another man who has survived not only the recent Seattle ice storms, not COVID only once, but twice, possibly a third time, I think, as well. Also, he survived podcasting alongside us for the last couple of years, Scott Reinier. Gentlemen, Nate, Scott, how are you guys doing today? It's been an exciting weekend of football as we roll into the new week here. I, it's a good thing the Broncos aren't playing here anytime soon because we're about to get a foot of snow overnight tonight. It started up about an hour ago. Um, I'm glad I have some film to watch while I'm snowed in over the next few days. There we go. There we go. Scott, how are you doing today? And was it COVID two or was it three times? So um, I got COVID once, but it ran through our house three times. My, okay. wife, got it, my wife got it a third time. Okay. Um, so... It is what it is, I guess. It was like yeah. five days after she got her booster. So. Well, hopefully we put that in the rear view, folks. We have a busy, busy show here on the In Between Fantasy Football podcast. We're going to do headline hijinks about the wild card round, what we can take away from it and apply it to fantasy football because, believe it or not, it does matter. Then we're going to give our favorite prop bets of the week for the divisional round. Sleeper players was the theme, so I hope my guys came with some sleepers uh, for the episode. And then we're going to round it out with our 2022 Fantasy Football Awards. It's going to be an interactive segment. We're going to let the audience and our auditor, Kyle Scott, pick the winners. We're going to come to, to the table with the nominees. As always, we got Kyle riding shotgun in the back end. Kyle, how are you doing tonight, our friend? I'm doing fantastic, everyone. It's a great episode. It's a great time to be here, and I'm just I'm ecstatic. Let's go, baby. Kyle out there in the Berg nowadays. He's got that Berg feel-good attitude here on Feel Good Tuesday night. The IBT family want to welcome you guys in as well, and thank you so much for tuning in tonight. We got Albert in the chat. Good evening, IBT, as always. Good to see you, Albert. And then we got Brad saying, hey, gents. Good to see you, Brad, out there in Australia. Thanks so much for making time out of your busy Tuesday evening as well. Guys, it is heating up here. The fantasy football postseason and the offseason right around the corner. But football is here. The PGA season is here. IBT as well. And the NASCAR season just weeks away. So if this is your first time coming into contact with our content, 
please like it. Subscribe if this is your type of vibe. We like to bring a feel-good lifestyle uh, vibe with our fantasy sports analysis. So, guys, let's go ahead and jump into it here with the first segment of the show. Let's jump into some headline hijinks. <laughs> All right. Headline hijinks, gentlemen. We're going to talk about what our biggest takeaways are moving into 2023 that we can take from this wild card round. It was a doozy. All the games were really fun. I mean, the Bills game lasted about six hours. That was kind of cool. The Probably the, the best comeback I've ever seen in the postseason from the Jacksonville Jaguars. Overall, just a glorious weekend. So, Nate, I'm going to lead you off here. What was your takeaway from this that we can apply to next season, um, whether it was the ups or the downs of the weekend? Well, the first one, which is one I did not know I had coming into this show, is that you need to learn how to say Jaguars. <laughs> how did I say it? How did I so, say ja- you said You said Jaguars. Yeah, Jaguars. Jaguars. So there's like a little bit and- of a draw. <clears throat> Yeah, like Jag- a, I guess I don't hit the UA. I guess I don't hit the UA it's at all. War, it's wires, not wires. Jaguar, it, I can't even say that. I'm going to be honest with you. <laughs> all right. Well, that aside, the other one that I had is breaking up the band. Playoff Tom falls flat, leaves future in question. Because, guys, you have to wonder at this point. The rest of his contract is void. But this team owes him a lot of money. So either one of two things happens, either he signs somewhere else and they're okay. They, they still have almost no cap room, but they can unload some pieces. They can start a rebuild, which is what I think is going to happen here. I think Chris Godwin is on the move at this point. I think they're trying to move Mike Evans contract. We're talking about between the two of them, almost 50 million in effective cap hit for next season. They've got to dump that if they lose Brady. And I think at this point, this franchise has to look at what they have. They don't have a lot. They have a battered offensive line guys. They're not going to be able to retain a quarterback. They can't afford to resign. You have to rebuild at this point. And if they don't try and rebuild, it's going to be absolutely futile for this team next season, unless they go, I mean, I guess they could get Derek Carr, but I don't think that's going to be that much better. We, we, what we saw last night was bad. The Cowboys defense looked way better than they are against Tampa Bay. Mm-hmm. Tom Brady threw a red zone interception, something he doesn't do. It's time for him to move on. And I don't think he's going to quit. I think he ends up in Las Vegas. The slide tackle told yeah. us he was still in, in this for, for me personally. Yeah, no, he's in it. He's in it. He wants to play. He thinks he has something to prove. So he's going to go to Vegas and Tampa Bay is about to rebuild. I could see them letting go of Shaq Barrett. That's another $21 million in cap space. They can clear up if they can move Lenny. 8.4 million they go well, they can clear up 5 million that'll be the dead cap hit if they release Lenny which 5 million's not awful compared to the 8.4 that you owe him this year Certainly. and you've got teams that are wide receiver needy look at the Chicago Bears they have, a, have almost 100 million in cap space so they can afford to take on Godwin's contract or Mike Evans contract i think it's going to be interesting to see how this team kind of parses out across the league once they realize and they got rid of Byron Leftwich and i think Todd Bowles is probably not far behind was is that official on Byron Leftwich? I I heard the rumors that he was likely out, but I didn't see. If I that believe was official. it. I believe it was official. Yeah, I, I was could official. be. I thought it was official, and like towards the end of the day yesterday. But okay, okay, yes, good, good to hear that. Um, well, I mean, sucks to hear for. I, I like Byron Leftwich. I've always been a fan. Former Steelers guy out there. Former Jacksonville Jag 
War. Jaguar. There we go. <laughs> there we go. Um, I think overall, though, I, I, so Nate, you're projecting basically a rebuild here in Tampa Bay. So if you have any of these pieces in Dynasty, Scott, Mike Evans, Chris Godwin, are you looking to get out or are you going to hold and see if maybe the situation improves? I mean, I'm going to hold at this point. Um, you know, I, I, just, I still really like Chris Godwin. I mean, Chris Godwin had a great season. Um, Mike Evans had, he did some Mike Evansy things, you know, where Certainly. some, some spikes, some, some gutters and some strikes. Um, but now wouldn't be the time I would be trying to move them. I mean, I would, if, if, if I am, if I am, you know, I'm basically flexible to move anybody in dynasty, but if I'm looking at these, these guys, you know, it's, it's as news comes in of them potentially going to a different team, that's when the, the value spikes. Um, I mean, really regardless of where it is at this point, um, it's just that, that new, you know, and, and, you know, it wasn't always that way, but, you know, Diggs proved and Devonte Adams proved, you know, top level wide receivers can go somewhere else and smash right away. So now wouldn't be the time I'd be looking to move any, really any Buccaneers yeah. player, to be honest. Um, I'm excited for Rashad White. It's going to be his backfield. I think it's going to be his yes. backfield. Yeah, you know, I, I kind of this almost reminds me of like the Marvel Avengers, kind of like the end of like that that saga there. And this is like the new saga they're kind of building here in Tampa Bay. We we don't have this superstar team most likely when it comes back to it, whether it's some of the receivers parting ways, Leonard Fournette, or just Tom Brady. It's going to be a different cast of characters. It still might be a good cast of characters though. Jimmy Garoppolo could be on the moves. Hey, maybe the Bucks go after someone like Anthony Richardson in the draft, try to get young at the quarterback position. There's a lot of fun things we can see here in Tampa Bay. It's hard to speculate right now. Um, but yeah, it, this might be the end of Tom Brady in Tampa Bay. The way he addressed the media made it sound like he was thanking them for their time covering mm -hmm. him. So, uh, Nate, I love that headline there. Appreciate the analysis. I'm going to round it out here. or I'll, I'll roll through my headline, and then we'll give Scott it to round out here. My headline, Brock of Ages, Brock Purdy securing a bid as 49ers future starting quarterback. And guys, I don't get the hate on, on Brock Purdy right now. He came out a little bit flat, but he rallied, absolutely rallied this team, finishes the game with the third highest passer rating as of any quarterback in a playoff game, let alone their debut. I like what I've seen out of Brock Purdy, gentlemen. He's quicker than everyone. His decision-making is good, and it's efficient. Scrambles out of the pocket, and like he makes athletic throws that we see from guys like Pat Mahomes, Kenny Pickett, some, some of these more, wow, I can't believe he just made that throw. Yeah, some of them he gets a little lucky. I've been seeing people out on Twitter saying that, but guys, like let's not overthink this with Brock Purdy. Let's enjoy the moment of this ride. Maybe the story of the 2020s, Mr. Irrelevant, possibly making a run to the Super Bowl here. He's seven owner, seven and oh as the 49ers quarterback. Um he just scored 35 fantasy points if this was a normal fantasy football game last week. Um he's thrown 16 inter or 16 touchdowns, four interceptions. And that on pace guys goes for 39 touchdowns and 10 picks. Like if this was a full season with Brock Purdy, those are the numbers we're looking at. So he has great talent around him. So did big Ben when he started as a rookie and went 15 and out. So did Brady when he made it to the super bowl as rookie, like let's not just like bury Brock Purdy. Cause I don't get it. Gentlemen, why are people going after him so much? So here's my deal. Um, the way I feel about Brock Purdy right now, I mean, okay, let's, let's look a couple different ways. Um, as a Seahawks fan, I want him to fail, blah, blah, blah. Um, but as an objective fan of football, it's, I mean, how can you not love this story? 
last pick in the draft coming out of nowhere um, as a objective, trying to be reasonable and not get caught up in all the emotion of it. Um, I fall somewhere in the middle of this, what it could very well be the Gabe Davis debate of this off season. Um, I'm not head over heels for Brock Purdy, but I'm not looking for reasons to bury him either. I think there's pros and cons to Brock Purdy. Um, it is still a relatively small sample size. He's had a, you know, outside of the commanders and the Buccaneers, he's had about as soft a landing a schedule as you can ask for. Um, I'm not trying to discredit what he's doing. I'm just, I'm not to the point where I'm like, okay, what I've seen make, makes me think he's this elite quarterback that already has the job. No matter what. Do you think what, he could be a franchise guy though, Scott? I don't know I, yet. I, I don't do. know yet. I, I have not seen enough yet. For me personally, what I've seen is, and I, I, we talk about this all the time. People are, people are like downgraded for doing well against bad opponents. And I'm not, I'm not going that far, but I, I've obviously watched that game, the playoff game. And he, he has some elusiveness. He, he, he has football smarts. I didn't see a lot of super athletic Mahomesian type throws. I saw, I saw, I mean, and again, I'm not trying to knock the guy for this, but I saw a, a, an offensive mind like Shannon had running a system that got, that got a lot of players wide open and he hit him. He executed. So, he executed. Scott, so Scott just, did you see the stutter step on the outside run to the left? How he just like, like that was an athletic move. I a thought little high was, step. Uh, yes. It didn't really affect anything. That was, just, oh, just I think happened. it did. I think it just kind of happened and then he ran out of bounds. It didn't like, it's not like he made some guy like break his ankles or anything like that. Nate, He's, where are you at? I'm on not, Brock? Again, that's why I fall kind of in the middle. The sample size is still small for me. I don't think if he goes and wins the Super Bowl, it's, it's one thing, uh, you know, obviously. But based on what I've seen so far, I, I'm not to the point yet where I'm just like, okay, well, Trey Lance has no, absolutely no way to be a quarterback in San Francisco. I'm not there yet. Nate, where do you fall on this spectrum? Obviously, Trey Lance, the the <laughs> fantasy community is still backing Mr. Lance. He's going pretty early in, uh, in in startups right now. We're in one together. I think he went in about the fourth or fifth round here recently. So where are you at on this? And could the 49ers make a move and get rid of Lance and try to acquire some of that draft capital back that they gave away for him? Well, so do we know when Lance is going to be ready to play? It's we're he, not he, he, by he, next, next August. He'll be good for training. You think, okay. I think we're going to have to see. I think it a lot depends on these next few games with Purdy and how does he do under real pressure? Not to say that the wild card round wasn't pressure, but now we're getting into the Seattle has the worst rush defense right. in the entire league. I didn't want to say it, Scott. Oh, it's, <laughs> it's, 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 it's trying brutal. to be nice here. Yeah, so, I mean, it wasn't much of a contest, but it was still the playoffs. And we've yeah. seen guys with more tenure, Kirk <coughs> Cousins, fold in these situations when they're a vet and they've been around. And for Purdy to do it his rookie year, being Mr. Irrelevant in the draft, coming out of Iowa State, almost nobody had heard of him unless you're real football, like college football nerd. It's impressive. And like you said, Seth, I don't care that he has all this talent around him. Fine, whatever. So did Brady. Belichick went out and got Brady. He got him Corey Dillon. He got him Randy Moss. He had Julian Edelman, Rob Gronkowski. Like I could go on with some of the parts that he had. That's talent. You can't win on your own. Brock Purdy is a very good quarterback. And I believe that he has a place in this league. And I think they will end up moving Lance for draft capital. Okay. Yeah, could, I mean, that could easily happen. That's why I like the comment from cooking at the lake house. In yeah. We got Dee in the that's, chat. She's, she's saying, that's, why, so that's where I'm, that's where I'm at on it. Just because, I'm not, I'm not running to, to bury the guy just because he has talent. It's like, well, don't you want a quarterback that has a lot of talent around him? Isn't that what you want? 
you know, so I'm not running. Right. Let's I'm not, not bury the guys out of town either. Yeah, but right. at the same time, like for me, just like I said, for me personally, the sample size and the defenses he's played hasn't cemented it as just like, oh, no, he's a no brainer, you know, starter in the NFL for years to come. I mean, if he ends up there, I think that would be awesome. What a story. You know what I mean? Let's, let's see how this one plays out with Brock Purdy. I'm riding it. Like if I'm in startups right now, if I'm in early redraft best balls, I'm targeting Purdy. I'm oh, taking he's, the he's risk. Worth, he's worth that shot for sure. So. Yeah, uh, we, we do have uh, DD from Cooking at the Lake House saying, so you're saying Brock is in between. That's where Scott is. Nate That's and I right. are a little more hot on him. Uh, Bra- Brock is, or Brad is saying, big cock Brock, baby. All right. Big dick Nick, <laughs> big cock Brock. I like it. Um, DD also saying she just came from our fancy golf show. Nice. Connor and Bo were tearing it up there. They hit the winner last week. So uh, hoping they can do it again. I appreciate you tuning in to all of our content over here at IBT. DD means a lot to us. Um, and then we got Brad back in the chat saying Lance has played about five games in four years dating back to college. 100%. That is a very good point, Brad. Um, I still think Trey Lance could be a good quarterback. I just think for the value you're getting on Brock Purdy for the next couple of years, they're going to ride with him. Um, but we'll see what happens. Um, we got Hooftube in the chat saying BCB uh, with the chicken emoji. He's on Big Cock Brock as well. Um, all right, let's move off Big Cock Brock and uh, the, the 49ers here. Scott, what was your biggest takeaway from Wild Card Weekend, Super Wild Card Weekend, if I may? Um, so, I mean, honestly, I mean, Brock Purdy was a huge story uh, of this weekend. You know, I got to see it up close and personal. So I went I went in a little bit of a different direction. And the name of my high, headline hijinks is instead of tight end wasteland, it was tight end Graceland. Um, tight ends absolutely killed it Wild Card Weekend. It was crazy. You know, it started off. Well, no, it didn't start off. Well, Kittle didn't do much and whatever the Seahawks run out there at tight end didn't do much. But after that, you've got Gerald Everett, who had 100 plus yards and touchdown. Evan Ingram, who had 11 targets, 93 yards and a touchdown. And then you had Dawson Knox, Mike Gusecki, Daniel Bellinger, Irv Smith Jr., Dalton Schultz, all scored touchdowns. Mark Andrews led his team in targets, receptions and receiving yards. Hayden Hurst had a Almost touchdown. It got called. It got, it got reversed. Um, so you just had this like barrage of tight end success, and that was with two of the best tight ends on by with Goddard and Travis Kelsey on by. So just saying the tight ends did well doesn't necessarily give any kind of fantasy advice or implications. But one in particular for me is Evan Ingram. Um, I think we're far enough now from the drop gate with him with his ten yes, percent drop yes. rate for one season. One season. Outside of that one season, he's basically been four to six percent drop rate, which isn't, you know, he's not leading the league. He's not dropping the least right. amount of passes, but it's more average. The thing I noticed in the wild card game, I didn't watch a lot of Jacksonville games this year. It has a little bit to do with what number he wears, but he, and it, it, this isn't a new revelation, he looks like a wide receiver on the field. Like every time they went to him, I think he's number, is he number 17? It's a, it's a number in the teens. It just, I'm like, Oh, well, oh, wait. Oh yeah. That that's Evan Ingram. He's a tight end. So, I mean, that eye test for me with him watching that game up close and personal, um, he was a little streaky, but I mean, he, he smashed in the, in, in, in a few games in the fantasy playoffs, it's only going to, and I love this story too. It's all, I think it's only going to get, going to get better with Doug Peterson, Trevor Lawrence and the Jacksonville Jaguars next year. Um, I mean, I think Peterson did an amazing job with that team this year. I think I'm, I'm a big Lawrence guy. I, I, I was feeling it when he had that first half. I was like, oh man, 
first I knew like all the all the haters were just going to start burying him, but to see him bring them back to to win that game, my um, my no, was, maybe my favorite playoff moment. It in was years, so awesome. Honestly. It was so great. Um, and the the big thing with Evan Ingram here, Scott, is he is a free agent. I'm imagining Nate. Are you assuming they bring him back? I can't imagine they won't. No, I think they will. No, he's been a big part of them making this run. They have to bring him back. And and Scott, to your point as well, I've been watching him all season pretty closely, and he reminds me of a thicker Darren Waller, the way he can move a little bit. And that's who he really was his like rookie year. He was sensational and then just never really caught back on with the Giants. Um, but excited to see that he is the man. And like hats off to to Dougie P making those adjustments at halftime and the mental toughness of Trevor Lawrence doesn't get talked about enough. And this is a guy, his entire career, like, let's not forget it. Number one player in high school comes to college. As soon as he upends a Heisman finalist the year before and gets his starting job and knew he was going to be the number one pick from that moment on, he's always kind of had to be a little bit of a robot. Am I right? Like he's always had to say yes, no, you know, never really like, but we saw that freaking emotion. We saw that dog out of Trevor Lawrence. You saw the dog and they celebrated by going to the waffle house. I love it. Yeah, absolutely. (laughs) Like it's, it's a great story, man. Like I I love it. I think Trevor Lawrence is going to be one of the the greats in this league for a very long time. Next year, it's only going to get better. I, I imagine they add more depth to this offensive line. Calvin Ridley is going to be in town. I'm sure they're going to add another complimentary back to ETN as well. Like this is going to be a good team for a while. I'm sure they'll also stack up that defense. That's really where they've been lacking. Um, but I'm getting like 2017 vibes. And would anyone ha- like be surprised if they upset the Chiefs? Because I wouldn't. I-, I honestly think they could do it, Nate. I wouldn't be surprised at all. This is a good team. And they're on a roll at the right time. And Kansas City's on a roll too, of course. But I mean, hell, the Broncos just, almost beat the Chiefs. Right. That, yeah, right. The Chiefs haven't impressed me as of late. So I think it could be I think it could be something. Um Scott, right now, would you have Evan Ingram? Would you say like around that tight end five six range for you yeah. heading into redraft next season? That's right around where I've got him. Where I would have him, I would think probably yeah. Hawkinson, Kittle, Pitts, Mark Andrews ahead of him, and then he's probably in that range with like a yeah, right I mean, behind George Kittle, probably. He stayed healthy all year. He had an eighty percent route participation, eighty percent routes per drop back, which the, the key with routes per drop back is, you know, the higher that number, the more they're running routes as opposed to blocking. He's not a blocking tight end. He was second in yards, yards after the catch per reception uh, ahead of George Kittle. I mean, that, that freak round one tight end athletic tight end athleticism is, is now, is now showing up. So I, yeah, I mean, and like, I mean, he will, he was streaky, but he's got that. He, he won people weeks. He won me a couple of weeks. Certainly. 30 plus Certainly. fantasy points. Yeah, he, he, end, he almost know? hit that 40 burger as well. Yeah. Brad here is in the chat. He is predicting that they're going to use a franchise tag on him. That could very well be the case here, Brad. Um, I, I would think they would probably use, no one's going to pay the two first rounds for the non-exclusive franchise tag. So they'll probably slap on the cheaper one there. Um, but Brad giving us very good information here. Estimated wide receiver franchise tag is about $19 million. Tight end franchise tag, $11 million. So very, very uh, good information there from Brad. I think Evan Ingram, he's definitely a top five, top six-ish tight end heading into next season. Depending what happens with my guy Michael M- M- Mayer in the draft, boys, I'm I'm all over him. I don't want to get too hyped up about a rookie tight end again, but 
he might be the real deal if he goes to somewhere like Green Bay and Rodgers comes I'm picturing back. us in a few years having our uh, Michael Mayer versus Kyle Pitts battles on this podcast. And Brock Bowers in, in a couple of years as well. It, it's going to be a fun couple of years for tight ends here. Um, if you guys have been watching them, DD saying, I would say yes, Seth. Okay, good to hear that. Guys, let's go ahead and jump into the next segment here with our bets of the week. Let's get in some sure things, sleepers of the week. All right, this is your thing, sure thing, sleepers of the week. This week, we're talking prop bets for the divisional round. Nate, we threw a couple out there last week, and I, I do say we did pretty well so far. We got a couple of these futures still riding out. We'll see what happens there. Um, Nate, would you like to kick it off for your sleeper bet of the week? Tell us where we can find it, how we can get in on that action as well, please. Yeah, so um, I always go to I go to DraftKings for the time being. It's my favorite sports book. I might kind of venture into some different ones that I can tell you guys about this offseason. We'll see where that goes. But what I've really been liking on DraftKings really all season is they have these specials every weekend. So it's a parlay special, and it's usually a stack of two to three things within the same game, a lot of times on the same side of the ball, whether whichever team. This week, I picked one that I really like. It's plus 500 on DraftKings right now. Stefan Diggs to get 100-plus receiving yards, and Dawson Knox to get one-plus receiving touchdown. Knox has a touchdown in his last five games that he was active. He almost had two last week. Diggs put up 114, and this game against Cincinnati looks like it's going to be a shootout. So, I mean, at plus 550, you throw in five bucks. It's a nice little return. You make 10, 15 bucks. Fun times. So Dix has been on a burner, but I, I am. Are you suggesting this is going to a shootout, Nate? Is that what you're yes. projecting here in Buffalo? Oh, 100%. This is going to be 100% high-octane offense all day. And coming into coming into this bet, when I first saw it on the sheet, I didn't really like it that much because I thought, I mean, that is a big number. 100-plus yards for Stephon is big. The Dawson Knox touchdown, I mean, he has been great as of late. Would you say five straight games he's hit, he's hit a touchdown? Five straight game? games. And he, he caught two last week. One of them got called back. So Okay. So Stephon Diggs, Dawson Knox here. The reason I'm starting to like it a little more is just – what we saw out of the Bills defense last week against Skylar Thompson, I think Joe Burrow is mm-hmm. going to carve them up and they're going to have to pass. We know they can't run the freaking ball. They won't run it with, right. with Singletary and James Cook. And that's what I thought personally they need to do to get to the Super Bowl here is find a run game to keep it away from these electric quarterbacks. They haven't done that so far. Um, I like this bet, bet Nate. It's a little bit, you know, probably a half a unit bet. You don't want to probably full out, throw out a full unit on this one at plus 550, but I still like it a lot. Um, Scott, what, what is your bet of the week here for us? So I'm any chance I get to mention Jarek McKinnon from Kansas City Chiefs. I take advantage of it nowadays. It's a receiving yard prop bet, 30.5 receiving yards, and I would be smashing the over on that. Regardless of opponent, but their opponent is the Jaguars. And the Jaguars, let's see, fifth most fantasy points per game to Arby's through the air on the season, adjusted fantasy points allowed, second most receiving yards to Arby's on the year per game. Um, so that they give it up to pass catching running backs. Jarek McKinnon is a pass catching running back. This game also could be shoot out E. Um, and I just think he's gonna get a lot of work. I mean, he hasn't he hasn't, you know, he hasn't been busting out 90% snap shares during this Certainly. run of during this run of his. Um, 
But during this run of his, which you know about started about week thirteen, if you don't if you don't include week eighteen, he's averaging fifty plus receiving yards per game. Um, you know, with some spikes in there, hundred yard games, you know, a hundred yard game in there. So, I mean, I, you know, it, it, it's not a huge payout, but I just, this is an easy one for me. Okay. So it might be something you can parlay something with, get it a little, a little bit juicier odds there. Um, Nate, do you have any reservations of this here in Clyde Edwards, Alaire back at practice off the IR this week? Does this change anything or is this still going to be the Jared McKinnon we saw last year in the playoffs, which one, two receptions, he hits this number. No, I don't care about CEH. <laughs> it's no. a valid question. You had to be asked. I know, but then I had to laugh about it. I understand you had to ask. We need these comedic moments in our show. It's fine. No, I don't <laughs> care. Jarek McKinnon, dude, you're not going to. Andy Reid's a really smart coach. He's not going to mess with what's working right now. It doesn't matter. CEH might see a role. Maybe he'll get a target or two. Maybe he'll get a few carries as a change of pace, but he's not going to affect any of these guys' actual workload. And I think with Jacksonville putting the pressure on them, probably again, this isn't a very good Chiefs defense either. So I, I, I think Jacksonville is going to put pressure on them. We're going to see more McKinnon than probably Pacheco in this one, if I had to guess. So Scott, I, I'm on this one with you. I like that one a lot. I'm going to go to FanDuel for my bet. I'm going minus 114 on Isaiah Hodgins over the 44.5 receiving yards line. And guys, Isaiah Hodgins has been electric. We don't need to say that. Too, too much like honestly eight receptions this last week nine targets 105 yards and over the last six games he's averaging seven targets so i feel like easily can catch four or five balls on seven targets he's gonna see that again um if you want to parlay this with the td it's at plus 501 on draft or on fanduel excuse me he scored in five of the last six so i'll probably be taking both of these bets i'll parlay one with with the touchdown one without the touchdown Eagles, though, like people might be afraid to run from the Eagles. They've actually been a top 10 matchup against wide receivers over the last month of the season. And that's against teams like Chicago, Dallas, New Orleans, and the Giants without their starters. And they've been giving up pretty big numbers to wide receivers. So I think they're going to be a little rusty coming off the bye here. The Giants are ready to go. This would be a game I wouldn't be shocked if the Giants win this, just how they're playing. I don't want to get caught up in the moment, guys, but... I'm rolling with Isaiah Hodgins. If you want the receiving yards line, it's minus 114 on Fandle. And if you want to get a little bit riskier, parlay that with the TD. You're going to get plus 501 over there on Fandle. Um, these are the bets we're throwing out. So, Nate, any any feedback here on our guy Hodgins? We've been on him for quite a while now. Well, there's a lot of talk amongst uh, Giants country, the G-men people, they like Isaiah Hodgins. This team likes Isaiah Hodgins. They're really glad that they grabbed him off of waivers. They're really glad that Buffalo released him. They're glad they've got him on his offense, and he's going to be a part of this team. Now, are we going to see this kind of role forever? Probably not, but are we going to see it this week? Absolutely. This is a smash, and you really do the parlay with the touchdown. That's real smart because I think he'll snag one this week. All right. All right. Scott, any final thoughts here on Hodgins and Daniel Jones as they head into Philadelphia here? Um, I agree. I mean, you know, it. it it's the divisional round. So, I mean, it's not surprising, but like each of these matchups has a lot of intrigue. Um, and it, to me, it, all four matchups are very exciting. You know, I mean, Jacksonville, Kansas city. Awesome. Um, but I, I'm, you know, it, it's weird to think, you know, that there's still three NFC East teams. Um, but normally the NFC East would 
a, a NFC East matchup in the playoffs, I wouldn't necessarily be that excited about. But I actually am excited about this. The Giants looked really good in in the wild card round. Daniel Jones looked really good. Um, defense is coming on too. The defense, yeah, yeah. I just I think that's going to be a battle. I don't know if it's going to be shootout necessarily like some of the other games. Um, but I mean, if I had to pick a player other than Saquon Barkley who's going to score a touchdown for the Giants, it would be Hodgins at this point. Hodgins is on the injury report. Only thing to note, he was on the injury report. He was limited in practice today. I think he'll be a full go um, come Friday. So keep that in mind. Great discussion here in the wagering portion of the show. We're going to move forward in our fantasy football awards. Again, one reminder, if you guys are new to the channel, please give us a thumbs up tonight. Help us grow and subscribe if you enjoy this type of content. Let's go ahead and jump into our awards, though, right about now. right very juno-esque tune there yeah let's go baby the fantasy football awards we're going to compare them in a fun variety with um comparing them to things that happened in 2022 um some songs some some moments on the big screen that type of thing we got our guy kyle scott he hosts all our game shows here as we play them the mini games of the podcast kyle how are you doing tonight um you said you're doing great earlier you're still in that good vibe mood my brother I'm still doing great. Everything's going fantastic on your guys' end. So, yeah. Awesome. All right, let's get into the first award. Kyle, what do you have for us here? Yeah, so first we have the Antihero Award. Like Taylor Swift's song, this player is the problem. It's them. Despite how much we root for them, they're the antihero of fantasy football. Okay. So we're going to go around the room here and who are your nominations boys i'll kick us off and then we can kind of go uh go around in a circle here i'm gonna start with alan robinson fourth round pick in most drafts despite a terrible showing the year before as well finished uh wide receiver 80 plus again here second straight season of that for alan robinson four single digit games in his first five so he absolutely killed people who drafted him Right off the rip, they probably dropped him on that point. At that point, eighty-third among wide receivers in target rate—that's targets per route run. So he's not getting the looks, he's not getting the separation. Sixty-third in fantasy points per target, so he's not delivering on the fancy or on the targets either to produce fantasy points, boys. I think right now he is absolutely cooked. I think it's over for Allen Robinson, and he was the anti-hero of twenty twenty-two fantasy football leagues. I yeah okay. Nate, Nate, who do you have? You have a better one here? I had, this is a long con, guys. We've been getting long con by this guy since, what, like 2016 <laughs> when he had one good season in Detroit. And everybody's like, oh, Kenny Galladay. No, no, no. He had 20.1 PPR fantasy points this season. Per game? Appear- no, he appeared in oh, 13 okay. games. Total. Okay. Total. <laughs> he appeared in 12 games. He never had a single snap share above 45% after week one when he logged 77%. We didn't even know if he was hurt. Was he hurt? Was he just not playing? Giants fans got real excited about Kenny Galladay. They gave him a lot of money. He didn't do anything last season. Again, he didn't do anything this season. He, but coming he laid season, a freaking awesome block on on uh, on Sunday. That's all I will say. How many, that. How, many, how many fantasy points do you get for that? You do. Get, Where, you where's get the parlay zero. on the awesome block? Here? You get zero. I guys, I, Kenny Galladay isn't good. He never was. He was elevated 
in a mediocre offense with a future Hall of Fame quarterback and Matthew Stafford in his prime. Right. And that's that's kind of so Kenny Galladay. Also, I wanted to mention to the chat, you guys can vote. You and Kyle are going to be the votes. We're, us three are going to throw out the nominees. You guys can vote on uh, what three of our nominees you think is uh, awarded this fantasy football award. So I'm going Alan Robinson with my anti-hero award, Nate, Kenny Galladay, two pretty shitty wide receivers here, Scott. Um, do you have a third shitty wide receiver? You no, I have a shitty person who throws the ball to the wide receivers. <laughs> um, and I just saw Brad's comment, and I don't know why I didn't think of that. But it's not Russell Wilson. That's a, a good Wilson. one. That's a good one. But it is a Wilson, and it's Zach Wilson. Um, I mean, I feel kind of bad. We've been we've been we've been burning Zach Wilson for quite some time now. But there's a reason for this. Um, one, I mean, he's still young, and he came into the league as the second overall pick, and you know, cost a lot of people some pretty high draft capital in dynasty leagues, and had you know had a pretty good cast around him this year. And I'm not, you know, I'm a big stats numbers guy, but I'm not even going to get into his stats and numbers. I don't think, I don't think that's necessary anymore. They are what they are to the reason. And it, the one little piece of this that I, it might not fit with Zach Wilson, is it says, despite how much we root for him, I don't know how many people have been rooting for Zach Wilson. I did at the beginning of the season. Okay. I did. I okay. did. I'm proud of you for admitting that. Seth. I, so I, I, rooted for I, him, I, I rooted for him in the sense that I wanted um, Brees Hall and Garrett Wilson and Elijah Moore, I wanted those guys to succeed. So that, you know, indirectly meant I was rooting for Zach Wilson. But the reason he's more of an anti-hero to me is how he's handled this diversity and this Certainly. Uh, these obstacles this year. Um, you mentioned Kenny Galladay, and I was going to bring that up. I was going to bring up, like, even with everything with Kenny Galladay, and this is outside fantasy football right now, but he was out there in a playoff game putting his body on the line. Brown blocks, yeah, yeah. You know, and the way Zach Wilson handled being benched, um, you know, there was no indication he was trying to learn from it. There was no indication that it was motivating him to get better. And I really don't know what the future holds for him in the NFL. Um, maybe he'll start some random game in a few years for Miami, like Josh Rosen. I don't know, but, um, but yeah, I mean, it's him. It's not okay. the jets. It's not the jets. It's not the system. It is him. That's a good one. That's a good one. So we got, we got DD here in the chat. She was saying Cooper cup. I, I can't I can't put Cooper Cup on that one. Um, we, we do have Brad Bull, who did say Russell Wilson. Out of these three nominees, guys, who is the anti-hero? Kyle, do you want to read off our nominees and tell us who your vote is going for? Uh, yeah, so the nominees are going to be Allen Robinson, Kenny Galladay, Zach Wilson, and then we have Russell Wilson and Cooper Cup. I mean... If we're going based on the uh, Taylor Swift lyrics, I would definitely have to say Zach Wilson. He is the problem. It's him. Yeah. But if we're going by like anti-hero, like kind of the bad guy, but you kind of want to root for him, I kind of think it's Russell Wilson. Because like going in, I didn't have a problem with him. I thought he was going to do well. I was rooting for him. You know, I am a Seahawks fan. I wanted to see him do something. You know, and then okay. he's just wow, and then he's just you know, shit in the bed a mile high, you know, like, uh. <laughs> yeah, there you go. I, 
so i'll be honest i i think like maybe we should actually i know we wanted to go off our nominees but i think brad in the chat and kyle you're making a compelling case i'll vote for russell wilson like here's, i'll change here's the yeah. only thing i have to say about russell wilson um it could be know, nathaniel hackett is that we're gonna say no 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 and i mean I, i'm a seahawks fan and so you know there's a lot of seahawks fans that were like oh boo i want him to fail I didn't want him to fail. The only the only reason I wanted Russell Wilson to fail is I wanted Denver to lose because it was our draft pick. So the one thing about Russell Wilson, though, is he was starting to look better. And then he got that concussion where his head had like a second head coming out of it. Um, and then by the end of the season, he, he did look better. He looked better. I'm not saying like he's going to be back to 2016 Russell Wilson come next year, but I think think it's going to be better than it was this year. I don't think it's just like he's done. It's over. It, you know, I mean, it's still going to go down as a pretty colossal miscue um, by the Broncos, but I'm not ready to completely write him off yet. Like I was maybe two months ago. That's all. Okay. We got Jamie in the chat saying, what's up, fellas? Sorry, I'm late to the party. Good to see you tonight, Jamie. Appreciate you tuning in, our, our guy. Nate, you can be the deciding vote unless we get any more in the chat here. It's down between Zach Wilson and right in nominee Wilson. Russell Wilson. Who are you giving it to? Oh, I'm going to go with my boy down under because, well, I got to see it firsthand every week and it like my eyes would bleed, but I had to watch my Broncos. So I'm going Russell Wilson. And I think the important thing Brad's putting in the chat here now is how many people had Russ on their roster by the time he was not shit. And like, at least people didn't draft Zach Wilson in most drafts. Like he let down Garrett Wilson and the boys at times for sure. But Russell Wilson was absolute ass. And a lot of people drafted him early, myself included. Kyle, I think it's case closed here at Russell Wilson. What's our next fancy football award of the night? The next award is going to be the Love and Thunder Award. Like Thor, Love and Thunder, this player got mixed reviews. They were great at times, but also hurt your team considerably with low totals at other times. What are you guys thinking for this one, huh? Nate, I will let you start it off. You're not a Marvel guy, are you, Nate? No, I'm not. Okay. A, I, dude, I was a comic guy Me when neither. I was a kid, but I am. I thought, I'm familiar with Thor. I so. thought okay. MCU was a college for a while. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Okay, there we, there we go. Nate, you start us off. To, uh, who is your Love and Thunder Award winner? So I'm going to go with someone that before the season started, I told people a couple of times that at cost really didn't make sense to draft this tight end. And I stand by that because he was going high in drafts. Like we're talking if Kelsey was going at five in a draft, he was going at six because everyone else would panic. Mark Andrews. Getting drafted as a tight end two, but finishing as the tight end four. Oh, I had 187, I think 189 PPR points. I forgot to put it on my show notes. Now, he had some really big games early. Week two, 25. Week three, 28. Week five, he had 22. And week six, he had 23. But here's, this is why I'm giving him the Love and Thunder Award, because this is where it hurt. If you were riding him in the fantasy playoffs from weeks 13 to 16, yeah. He averaged 6.7 PPR points, guys. That if you had to write him at tight end, there's a chance you didn't make your fantasy championship for his 19-point output in week 17, which is a real shame. But, I mean, really outside of those those four big weeks, he had maybe two other games where he was a top-tier tight end, and the rest of them he was in single-digit scoring. And for a guy you're taking his tight end to, I'm glad that I skipped. 
on him this season. I got more production out of George Kittle when it was important. I was able to spot and the stream tight ends as I'm well known for. Um, so there you go. Mark Andrews folks. And yeah, this is a good one, Nate. Like I did win a title with Mark Andrews in a tight end premium league, but it was despite Mark Andrews. He didn't help get me there. He did help me win in the finals. I, I do appreciate that, but it was a tough road. If you had Mark Andrews, he definitely disappointed and it didn't get any better with Tyler Huntley, which we thought maybe it could. So really nice, uh, really nice one there. Scott, who is your love and thunder award winner? Please. I hate, I hate to award this to this player. He's, arguably at this point, my favorite player in the NFL. Um, and it kind of caught me off guard when I was going through some of the numbers, but it's Stefan Diggs. Uh-huh. Um, I mean, he finished, if you're just looking at weeks one through 17, I believe he finished as the points per game PPR wide receiver five. So that's great. That's good. That's right around where you drafted him. Um, he had a bunch of weeks in the top 12. However, from weeks in weeks 13, 14, no, 14 through 17, so basically your fantasy playoffs, the game before your fantasy playoffs. His highest finish in that four-game stretch was wide receiver 40. His average finish Brutal. in that four-game stretch was wide receiver 58. Um, I mean, if we're, you know, if we're looking at like really hurting your team at, in an opportune time, I mean, yes, he helped you get to the playoffs if you made it. But there are plenty of players that had a few stinkers in the playoffs. But if you if you were able to get through it, like Mark Andrews, for instance, if you were able to get through it with other players. They eventually gave you something. Stefan Diggs was a wide receiver five or six throughout the playoffs. So my runner up, by the way, just for fun, was AJ Brown. Similar kind of a Mike Evans type of boom and bust. But for me, it was Stefan Diggs because of when his shitting the bed happened. Okay. So Scott calling out, calling out Stefan Diggs for his end of the season tanking. Brad in the chat, he's saying Kyle Pitts is his nominee. He's writing in that one again. Um, he said Arthur Smith, uh, the, the offensive mastermind who couldn't get the ball to his good players. 100%. I understand that one, Brad. I'm going to go with Mike Evans here as my nominee, guys. Six touchdowns in in the entire season. Three of them came in the last week. None between week five and 16. This is a player that I had projected for 14 receiving touchdowns. Egg on my face on that one. Um, Eight of 16 games below double digits for Mike Evans. Ejected in week two, so he kind of left you burned in week two, an important week. Week three, he didn't get to play because he was suspended for that fight with Marshawn Lattimore. Every time he like he gets in his head, Marshawn Lattimore gets in Mike Evans' head, and you, as fantasy managers, we end up burned. It's insane. Um, and then we might have not even got to the point where if you did have him in the championship game week number 17, if you made it that far, you might not have played him because he's been so horrendous. So I, I actually don't know how many people benefited from the 48.7 fantasy point performance and did the same thing in 2020. I remember I rostered him in 2020 and I was so pumped to get to the fantasy championship or uh, to get to the fantasy playoffs. I had Mike Evans as my flex option. He let me down in week number 15. It was week 16 championship at that point, And he goes off. So I think Mike Evans to me, he's a love and thunder because at times he was great. He had the high performances, but he also let us down in some of the most critical times we needed him. So well, it was uh, almost worse. It was almost worse when he put up that 48 and all of us, like myself included, I had, him, I had him in Scott Fishbowl and I was eliminated like a few weeks before that. Yes. You know, yes. it's kind of just, it's kind of just turned the knife. Like, Oh, there it is there's that 50 burger when no one's in the playoffs anymore. 
We're getting a lot of entries here in the chat. We're getting Ramondre Stevenson from Albert. Ramondre did let us down at times as well. Devontae Adams. This was someone in my consideration, Didi. I almost awarded him this, but Nate and I have been dragged through the mud enough from Raiders fans this season for our hate on Adams late in the season. I think we wanted to get back in that train. Jamie saying Swift is his. That's a really good one, too. He had a few 20-point games, but a bunch of low teens and single digits. Really, really good options here all around, Kyle, that we're hearing. Um, whether it's Kyle Pitts, whether it's Swift, Devontae Adams, Ramondre, um, and any of the ones that we brought up, Mark Andrews, Mike Evans, uh, and Scott's um, – I can't even remember who Scott nominated at this point. My apologies. Um, Kyle, who, do you, who are you going with? Uh, well, Scott said Stefan Diggs. Thank you. Just to jog your memory. Appreciate um, that. Come on, Seth. Uh, no one mentioned – Someone I thought of immediately, uh, mostly because he was on my team, uh, was Alvin Kamara. Oh, okay. Yeah. It you know you could really go with any of these guys. They're all all kind of fit the mold of the Love and Thunder kind of boomer bust. Uh, you know, so uh, it's pretty tough. I'm gonna have to go with uh, with Seth's Mike Evans. Okay, so we got two Mike Evans. We got Brad in the chat saying Mark Andrews. Hopefully the people in the chat can break the tie from us. It looks like it's Mark Andrew, Andrews or Mike Evans for the Love and Thunder Award. Let us know. Put it in the chat here um, in the next couple seconds, and we'll award this to them promptly. Seth, just real quick, just to be clear, I want everyone to know that the hate and tears of Raiders fans have fueled me for years. So that doesn't <laughs> bother me. Okay, okay. All right. We, as long as there are tears of sadness, tears of joy, no likey. Okay. All right. I fair enough there, Nate. Um, not How do you gonna, really feel about it, Nate? Scott, oh, you don't we're, want it. We're, we're gonna let you break the tie here between Mark Andrews and Mike Evans. You were outvoted. Who, who's your tiebreaker here? I'm gonna leave Mike Evans, and the reason, part of the reason for that is, I mean, Mark Andrews ended up being, you know not producing what you wanted him to produce. But I still think that the process of drafting him at number two, tight end two, wasn't wasn't necessarily wrong. You couldn't at that time predict that Lamar Jackson was going to miss as much time as he did. And I don't think it necessarily the splits line up perfectly, but he didn't do well with, with Tyler Huntley. Tyler Huntley is not a very good quarterback. Now, I definitely don't agree with some of the commentary that came out from the Ravens after that loss, basically throwing him under the bus. Didn't like that at all. Um, no, so there are some issues there that need to be addressed, yeah, I think, yeah. on but, both sides um, of this, though. But that's why I'm giving the edge to Evans, just because – and, I mean, I think even with Evans, like his touchdown rate went way – back. It went, it went back down to his pre-Brady um, numbers. And I think, ironically, this time it was because of Brady. You know, I think, I think it was partly because of, you know, Brady just wasn't Brady this year. Um, but it really – like it was really, really uh, – painful with Mike Evans and Scott Fishbowl because that you would just go it would, you and I mean it's something you expect with him but not as bad as it was this year so yeah that's the tiebreaker 100 we got Eric in the chat good to see you tonight Eric of Green Screens Media Kyle let's move forward to our next award Mike Evans he's going to get the Love and Thunder award um what is our next one here yeah our next award is going to be the Tom Cruise comeback award like Tom Cruise, this player returned to the big screens in 2022, returning respect to their and their fantasy managers' names. Okay. 
So we had a lot of nominees for this one, I think. Um, a, a lot of people came back, whether it was Geno Smith, um, some really exciting running backs as well. Scott, I'm going to kick it off to you first here. Who was your Mr. Tom Cruise comeback award? Also, have any of us seen Top Gun Maverick at this point? I tried. You tr- What well, you didn't like it, Nate? All I, right. You, I really like. I really liked it. I I have not seen. I don't it yet, like. But- I don't like Tom Cruise. Dude's just way too weird for me. I think. That's okay. Cool. I, All I, right. I don't like Tom Cruise like outside of acting, but I honestly most of the movies he's in. Brilliant. I, I like. I, him. I'm not saying I, that he's not a good actor. I just, I just I I I was a big fan of Top Gun the original, and there's a sure. ton of just like very blatant and purposeful nostalgia in the new one, and it works. Um, and I mean, just the 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 way they filmed actually in the cockpits of fighter jets, it it was just it was awesome. Okay, we we got Eric, we got Eric in the chat saying, "Talk to me, Goose." Didi saying, "Oh my, I absolutely loved it so much." Nostalgia. So I think you're yeah. on an island with that one, Scott. You might be on an island with your comeback award as well. Who are you going with? Um, actually, a lot of people I think liked Maverick. Anyway, I'm glad you picked me first based on who your two. Uh, uh, Tom Cruise award players are, but I'm going with JK Dobbins. There were multiple running backs coming back from significant injuries, you know, this year and recently, and he was one of them. And the thing was, you know, until their season ended, um, he, he still wasn't hundred percent. They explained it, I think on the broadcast a little bit in the wildcard round, um, how there was some scar tissue and that sort of thing that they needed to go in and mm-hmm. remove. So the, the range of motion at the knee, like it wasn't, it wasn't where he couldn't, function as an NFL running back, but it just, he was limited. And I don't think he was never 100%, even not being 100%. Um, over the final five games, he averaged 14 carries for about 92 yards at a 6.6 yards per carry clip. Um, he showed, I mean, I, I've always loved him. I'm a little bit bullish on Dobbins. Um, his injuries have been pretty sad for me, but you know, he, he showed that he, I think he's going to be past that injury come next year. And, you know, there's like we talked about, I, you know, he was one of the people that made a comment that wasn't great, but he also made a comment like, Hey, you know, when we get in the, when we get in, in the red zone, we get near the goal line, give me the freaking ball. Yeah. I want to put speed. this team on my back. Like his was more just out of kind of emotion. Um, and I love that. And so, you know, I think depending on what happens with Lamar Jackson, depending, depending on what, you know, he's never going to be this dual threat CMC guy. Um, you know, but he could be a, closer to kind of a poor man's Nick Chubb. I mean, he's a really great runner. Um, so I just, I think in the, in the little time he actually got not being healthy, what he showed is super promising for next year. Okay. So Scott's taking JK Dobbins here. I like the idea of it, but he did really kind of burn fantasy managers at the beginning of the season because of his injuries. And also like he came at Ian Rappaport rap sheet over there on Twitter early in August saying, Ian saying that he wasn't going to be ready for the season when he wasn't. So I got different feelings for JK Dobbins than you might, my friend. Um, But I appreciate the analysis. I I will, you know, total transparency. I was last to the table to pick someone here. So um, (laughs) I I probably would have picked possibly one of the one or both of the players that we're about to talk about. So we got DD in the chat. She's saying Christian McCaffrey, and that's who I'm going with the Tom Cruise comeback award. Folks played 17 games this season all 17, 350-plus touches for him, and he got better when he went to San Francisco. It was insane. 
third best season of his career. The stat line goes 244 carries, uh, 1,100 plus rushing yards, eight plus TDs, 108 targets, 85 receptions, 700 plus receiving yards, and five receiving touchdowns. The guy can do everything. Once again, puts over 1,800 total yards, 13 plus total TDs. It was magical to see. And he won a lot of people leagues who spent that first round pick, you know, whether it's number two, number three overall. So CMC is my Tom Cruise comeback award nominee here. Nate, who are you going with? So I'm going to go with the other obvious choice here. It's already been mentioned in the chat as well, but it's New York Giants running back Saquon Barkley. I mean, the comeback this year has been fairly astounding considering the last two seasons. First, obviously, we had the ACL tear that sidelined him for the majority of the season. He only played two games, I believe it was. He played five games, two games. In 2020, he was the RB14. That's to be expected. When he came back last season, there was a lot of hope for him, but he's RB30 despite playing in 13 games. So for him to come out this season, there were so many questions about that explosiveness going to return. Is he that Mm -hmm. cutting ability and that speed in the gap going to return? And it did. I mean, just plain and simple, he's a huge part of why this Giants team is in the playoffs and why they are poised to make a run because they now have that just like powerhouse running back threat. They can catch the ball out of the backfield for Daniel Jones. I mean, RB5, guys, in 16 games this season. A guy who a lot of people had left for dead. That's the key. That's the key for him and CMC. Like when when they were getting a lot of preseason buzz because they're really really good football players, the, just the cascade of comments. You know, like, oh well, good luck with the RB that's going to be out by week six. Well, no, it was actually the consensus. Well, m- many people's consensus RB one that missed time. Jonathan and, Taylor. And when you look at these two running backs, they are physical specimens who work insane on their bodies, and that is like. Yes, they had some freak incidents the last couple of years that kept them from being those fantasy studs that we knew early in their careers. But these are guys who are dedicated to their bodies, dedicated to their craft inside the weight room as well as on the field. So I, I love both these nominees. It's hard to pick one. Um, we we have right here, we got Eric. He's saying Gino, if he had to pick one, Gino is definitely that's, in consideration. That's who me. I should have gone with. I it? thought about him. Um and then Brad is saying if he had to pick from our nominees, he's going with CMC, um, but he is a Panthers guy. So, Kyle, we got a couple CMCs in the chat. We got a couple Saquon Barkleys in the chat. Um, who are you going with here between CMC and Saquon, it looks like? Yeah, I was making up my mind uh, right as Brad put that in the chat. I was like, oh, shit, that's a really good one, too. And I kind of had to reconsider for a sec. But I ultimately, I think... You know, Tom Cruise is a movie star and Christian McCaffrey has been like the consensus number one fantasy pick for the past like five years. I kind of, you know, it's a good point. He's been he's always injured. He finally plays a full season, does a damn good season. Like I mean, goes out to goes out to California, you know, the, the place where movies are made too. It, uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, it kind of has to be CMC for me. Well, isn't there isn't there that footage of CMC like racing fighter jets on his motorcycle too? Just kidding. <laughs> That's awesome. All right, so we're going CMC with the Tom Cruise comeback award, but Nate Saquon Barkley, great pick as well. Let's go with the chip, uh, next award here. Kyle, you can go ahead and announce that. 
Yeah, so our next award is going to be the Chipotle Taco Award. Like the viral Chipotle Taco hack. This player was the best kept secret in fantasy football this season until they weren't. So did you guys see this Chipotle Taco hack? It was kind of all over Facebook and TikTok. Basically, you could go to Chipotle you could ask for a taco and a bunch of sides, uh, you know, free sides, and then kind of make your own burrito out of it. Um, Nate, I know you're a Chipotle warrior. Have you heard about this um, hack? It, now you can't do it because because it got so popular, you can't do it anymore. No, I hadn't heard about this. I wish I had before. It got so popular, I couldn't do it anymore. Yes. So that is the Chipotle hack award, uh, Chipotle taco award. I'm going to cap us off here. I'm going to start us off with my nominee for this award, and that's Zay Jones. Outside the top 80 wide receivers drafted, undrafted in most formats, unless you played in a league with me. I was drafting him in a lot of later rounds. Wide receiver 26 on the season. He was a bit up and down at times, um, but he did have five games over 20 PPR points. Finished as a top eight wide receiver four times on the season. The stretch from week 12 to 15, if you rode him, he was amazing. Career highs across the board for him except TDs, 121 targets, 82 receptions, 823 yards, and five touchdowns. If he can get that touchdown number up a little bit more next season and Calvin Ridley doesn't impact him too much, I think Zay Jones is going to be a value once again. Um, but I love what we saw from him. He was a high-end wide receiver three for most of the season, um, and you got him for free pretty much. So he's my Chipotle Taco Award. Nate, where are you going? So I'm going to go with someone that we told you to go get in week three when he was only rostered in 16.4% of ESPN leagues. And then despite all the consistent production we were seeing from this player and higher snap shares and seeing him more involved in high-value targets and opportunities – he was still only rostered in 49.9% of leagues on ESPN in week 15 going into the fantasy playoffs. And if you were smart and listened to us in week 15, you went out and got him and he won you your league. And that's Chiefs running back Jerick McKinnon, who we've already talked about. But for the fantasy playoffs, the window of the fantasy playoffs, he was the PPR running back three. So if you had him, you likely won your championship, unless it was like him and a host of Mark Andrews and Tyler Huntley and – Zach Wilson on your roster. Um, so that's my guy. I mean, he just he, he averaged twenty two point six fantasy points. Beautiful for a guy that was on no one's radar. Okay, so Nate's going with the late breakout of Jarrett McKinnon, who averaged a ton of points during that fantasy playoff stretch. Scott, who's your nominee for the Chipotle Talk of Award Best Value of Draft Season? I changed mine at the last second. I hope that's okay. That is fine. And I realized that right after I changed it that it was actually said in the chat, but I'm going with Justin Fields. Um, my original answer was Tyler Algier, but I, Tyler Algier is more of a, he did, he proved, I think he can be a primary running back for the Falcons. And it looks, you know, the tryout in week 18 with him and Desmond Ritter together looked pretty damn good. Um, but as far as like him actually being a really good fantasy asset. Eh. So I'm going with Justin Fields, quarterback, Chicago bears. Um, you know, he, he, he trailed off a little bit at the end of the, at the end of the season. Um, he wasn't putting up the, the passing numbers he had earlier in the season. He was still putting up the rushing numbers. He ended, I believe, as, as the QB six or seven overall on the season. Um, and that was with an atrocious seven. And that was with a pretty atrocious start. Um, he, was a, he was a weak winner there um, in the middle of the season, multiple weeks. Um, and, I mean, he just he showed that, you know, the passing for the Bears was never – it was 
you know, roughly 20 to 22 pass attempts per game, which is just ridiculously low. Crazy, only, yeah. Only higher than the friggin' Arthur Smith-led Falcons. Um, <laughs> but yeah. uh, even with that, I mean, his his dual threat capable, his dual threat uh, skill set. I mean, it was it was a sight to behold. Uh, his his rushing numbers, which which remained. Um, it wasn't like he had a hundred yard game and it was some fluke anomaly. And then he was down to 20 rushing yards a game. He was smashing in the rushing department game after game after game, which saved him down the end, you know, towards the end of the season, he wasn't winning your week, but he wasn't putting up zeros because of his rushing ability. So, I mean, it's, you know, whatever we, whatever discussions we were having about Justin Fields prior to this season, that's over now. He's the starting quarterback for the Chicago bears and he's going to be for a while. And I there's think conversation. They, there's conversation. There's no conversation. Ryan Pace is trying to drive up the draft pick value. I, I don't think there is at all. And I think maybe this year they'll actually get him a receiver. That's not, you know, Mike Evans, you, Chris Godwin. Hey, Chase Claypool would like to have a word with you, Scott. Love the nominee though. Brad in the chat. He's going with Justin Fields as well. Also said, can Josh Jacobs qualify? Josh Jacobs. I mean, he was a great value as well. Um, fell in drafts and I did not take him. I think he fell to eighth no, or ninth round. He's not by Scott Fishbowl. He wasn't and I any kind of sleeper. Like so, he, yeah, but I, I wouldn't qualify him as a sleeper. Ooh. Albert saying Christian, Christian Watson. Watson's a good one. That's a really good one as well. It, the injuries late kind of, kind of, and early kind of banged him up a little bit for some of the season, but overall it was a really good season for him. Kyle, how are you going on this one? Where's your vote going here? Um, I think uh, Nate made a pretty compelling case for Jarek McKinnon here. I think I'm going to go with him. Okay. Okay. So we got, if you guys want to weigh in, Jarek McKinnon, Justin Fields, that's kind of who we've narrowed it down here to. Um, if you guys want to put in the chat who you believe should receive this award. Um, if not, I will break the tie here. Um, I'll break the tie. I'm voting for Jarek McKinnon. You're voting, you just said Justin Fields. I know. Well, that's because I, I, I was going to say Jarek McKinnon, but Nate took him. Okay. Somebody else. All I'm right. Being, I'm being super honest, and I would pick Jarek McKinnon. He was a, he was a, he was a league winner, in this, in the, you know, when he smashed, how his his acquisition cost, like, he he hands down, he was he was he's he's one of those players that when you look at when they divvy out the numbers, you know, these players were on the most percentage of fantasy championship rosters. Jarek McKinnon is going to be up there. Okay. Scott, I, I like that. He's flipping ship over here. Jared McKinnon, good nomination for our guy, Nate. Kyle, I'm going to introduce this last one here. Um, it's going to be the Kyle Scott MVP award. And this goes to a player like our audio editor, Kyle Scott. This player is the backbone of fantasy football teams, the fantasy MVP. And Kyle, I named this award after you because you are the MVP of this team. We couldn't do what we do if it isn't for you getting in here early, making sure the production is set up, editing the audio version, again, available on all platforms. Um, but we appreciate you, man. We appreciate everything you do for this company. Um, jumping on here, having some stoogery conversation with us as well. So you got this award named after you, the Kyle Scott MVP award. Nate, who is your nomination? Well, this one was actually, this is, I think the easiest one for me because first it's Colorado hometown guy, which I always love that. Grew up in Greeley, just Northwest of here, which Seth, when you come out here, you're going to find out how bad it smells like cow shit up in that area of the, of the hey, world. Hey, baby, I grew up next to a dairy farm. I know how that shit rolls. Uh, you haven't smelt it quite like this. I promise you that. Austin Eckler, baby. 
I think he was the most consistent running back in the league this season. He averaged 22.6 PPR points, which was the highest per game average for a non-quarterback this season. He was the overall fantasy player four out of all positions. That is four. crazy. RB1. But here is this is a stat that I love. His rushing stats weren't great. I mean, they were middle of the road-ish, maybe a little bit more than middle of the road. He didn't eclipse 1,000 yards this season. But what he did do, he had 100 and, 123 targets. He caught 107 of them. Guys, so he had the second best receiving percentage in the league 87% to Uncle Lenny's 92. But here's the thing Lenny only had like 70 targets, 123 targets for I I believe it was two years ago that JD McKissick had 110 targets, and that was insane for a running back. I think he caught 80 of them for Eckler to have that kind of efficiency. Plus, I mean, the touchdown rates he. He didn't have a touchdown the first three weeks. Then 13 he only had rushing two. touchdowns for Eckler, who's, uh, you know, 18 a total is, is insane. But the, what's crazy to me is when I was looking at stats today, and I kind of knew this, but he, so he didn't have a touchdown the first three weeks. But then he only had two more weeks like that the rest of the season. I mean, that's that's about as consistent of production. There were no like real major boom weeks for him, but there were also no major bust weeks for him. He was in double digits every single week until week 18 when it didn't matter. So there you go. The one player they rested. It's a Mike Williams statement. Austin Eckler. Good call. Nate's going for the consistency there. Scott, who is your Kyle Scott MVP award nomination? I do love Eckler. Yeah. Eckler. I think he was, I think he was tied with Derek Henry for the most weeks as an RB one with 11, like almost 70% of the weeks he played that. I mean, that's like Cooper cup, 2021 level you know, consistency. However, I'm going with Josh Jacobs. Somebody was mentioned him in the chat previously. It's kind of funny because I, my most recent Monday's article, I kind of did my own little end of season awards mm-hmm. and Eckler Jacobs. And I believe Seth's pick were all part of that article. Um, sorry, column. but, uh, I'm going with Josh Jacobs because he led the NFL in rushing yards. He was the RB three. He was like one point per game behind Austin Eckler, um, played the whole entire season. And the kicker for me was cost of acquisition. Josh Jacobs was, according to Sleeper preseason draft data, was the 21st running back off the board. So, you know, he wasn't quite as consistent as Eckler, but he returned similar a similar season um, on a points per game ba- points per game basis. He was an RB one, and you got him significantly cheaper than you got Eckler. So that was that's where it was the it was the value of Josh Jacobs with what he did with it. Um, And I was not on, you know, and I mean, the thing is, is you look at it and he had 53 catches on 64 targets for 400 yards. You might think, oh, well, there it is. His his receiving went up. No, that's right on par with where he's been. This whole Josh Jacobs doesn't, you know, get get catches. No, he doesn't get like Austin Eckler amount of targets, but he, he he's in the middle. He's in the middle of the pack when it comes to that. Um, but I mean, he was one of only two running backs with an 80, 80% plus opportunity share him and Derrick Henry, the only two that saw 80% of their teams running back opportunities. Um, you know, he disappointed a little bit in week 16. So he that's burned, he burned Jim Scott. He burned Kyle. He burned Kyle. Yeah, I, was, I mean, and I get that. I get that. But, you know, I'm looking at a full season thing here. Um, mm. And, you know, if. If he if he had been if he had pulled a Stefan Diggs and disappointed for four straight weeks every single week of the fantasy playoffs, I, that might have been enough for me to knock him off this pedestal. But for me, 
RB 21 and start of the season, RB three to finish it. That that's my, that's my MVP. Okay. Other than I, potentially who Seth's going to mention. Yeah. I'll round us out here with my nomination for the Kyle Scott MVP award, Travis Kelsey. It was a 100 point difference between him and the tight end two TJ Hawkinson. That is a bigger difference than TJ Hawkinson to the tight end 18. Nate's guy, Jordan Akins was actually the tight end 18. Mm -hmm. But Travis Kelsey just gave you such an advantage this season. And he yeah. wasn't taken until early third round, late second round. The hype, like we talked about him. I remember we did an early 2022 top 12 list. And I, I wanted to put him in my top five, top six. But then by the time the season rolled around, I kind of died on the hype a little bit. A lot of people did. One game in single digits all season for him, a top four tight end in 70.5% of games, and a tight end one in 82% of games. He didn't have the best finish overall. He didn't go ham in the in the final game of the season. Kind of dried up in the touchdown vault a little bit as well later in the season. But Travis Kelsey, guys, he gave you such an advantage, averaging over six PPR points more than the next tight end. I think he's the fantasy MVP. Again, I think cost acquisition goes into this. I thought about CMC. I thought about Eckler for this award, but ultimately went to Kelsey. A lot of teams in the in the finals, they had Travis Kelsey. So that's where I'm going with this one. Um, Travis Kelsey, Kyle Scott MVP award. In the chat, it looks like we have some uh, nominations as well. We got Albert and Didi saying Travis Kelsey. So I like that one. Um, I like that that backing up as well. Tyreek Hill is another good one. I agree with this, Albert. I had Tyreek Hill as a possible nominee as well. Um, Didi saying, yes, Seth, we are on fire tonight. Let's go. Um, and then, so Kyle, let's go to you. It's your award. How do you feel about it? Are you going with Travis Kelsey here or are you backing Josh Jacobs or Austin Eckler? I know you're a fan of both those running backs as well. I am a fan. I'm a fan of everyone that we've mentioned so far, honestly. But this one is especially difficult for me because, you know, I have to think pretty hard about who I want to associate with my name. <laughs> yes, uh, yes, it's true. So... And uh, honestly, looking at the looking at the stats, looking at the breakdown, you know, listening to your guys' pitch, I think like the the positional benefit of having a end that gets you one points more second best <laughs> is pretty insane. Like if there was a quarterback that was gonna get one hundred points more than yeah. the second best quarterback, that's the MVP. And like, there's no other good tight end. Like, he's the only good tight end. <laughs> <laughs> there you have it, guys. The Kyle Scott MVP award goes to none other than Travis Kelsey. This was a lot of fun tonight. We can't thank the IBT family for tuning in. All the great comments and all the great suggestions, write-in nominees for these awards. The betting section was awesome tonight with you guys as well. We will be back next Tuesday. Again, guys, the PGA, the NASCAR season, fantasy season still rolling on. So keep tuning in here, IBT Media. If you're new, please subscribe to the channel. Hit that bell. It'll let us let you know when we got more content coming your way. Until then, for Nate, for Scott, for Kyle Scott, I'm Seth Wolcott, guys. Keep it in between until next time. Thanks so much, and we'll see you soon. So good lifestyle advice and some fantasy football advice. 